Well, I wonder how you find yourself uh, this evening getting ready for Christmas. My favourite Christmas cracker joke this year, Christmas dinner is a lot like Brexit. Half the family were told they needed to make room for Turkey, so opted to leave Brussels. <laughs> Thank you very much, I'm here all Christmas. But on a more serious note, I wonder as you take a moment to think, how has your year gone? For me, as I've reflected on my year, actually it's been an incredibly challenging year. I don't think I can remember a year in which facing darkness seemed to be something that I've encountered so often. So many people struggling with the darkness of mental health issues, including suicide. So much confusion and division amongst our country about Brexit. So many people self-destructing, tr struggling to take hold of the life God has given us and trying to get free of addiction. On a personal note, two people, friends who had invited to come to St. Swithin's were killed in tragic accidents. Darkness and death are a fact of life. And it can be, as most of us can testify in different ways, very, very tough. But that's only part of the story. At Christmas, we tell the story of how darkness can turn to light. H.G. Wells said, I'm not a believer, but I must confess as a historian that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the centre of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all history. So what's it all about? In the beginning was God. He was the source of light and the source of life. And things were good. Things changed as humankind chose self over God. Darkness entered creation. Eventually, as we heard in our readings, a prophet named Isaiah spoke that people were walking in darkness. It was a way of describing how society had got consumed by selfishness, by greed, by oppression, by fear and by violence. The troubles of the world were overwhelming people. One evening, 2,000 years ago, the skies were ablaze with the glory, the wonder, the majesty of the angelic host declaring that something great and wondrous was happening that night. The events of Jesus' birth. God was doing something, something specific about the darkness. A star shone over that first Christmas scene. A sign of hope, a sign of peace, and a sign of freedom for people longing for light. Each one of us look 
in so many different places for light in our lives. Filling our lives with the pleasures, with interests, with relationships, with accumulating more and more stuff, more and more things. Yet, we remain restless and unfulfilled, chasing false dawns. What if Jesus is the true light that banishes the darkness of this world? This week, a video went viral on the internet of a man who posted a video, a middle-aged man who was a, success, a successful man, chief executive of his own company. But he posted a video to say how alone he was in the world. He was busy, he had work colleagues, he was successful, but he was lonely and had no friends. Since time immemorial, We've been looking for love and looking to be loved. The perfect person will be out there for us, who will love us for who we are. They will meet all our needs and complete us. But no human being can bear that weight. The shepherds, the humble, insulted shepherds, came to the stable to hear good news that this baby had been born, a baby who would be called the true shepherd, the true shepherd of the sheep, who would care, would love, would protect, and patiently lead his people in the way that they always deeply longed for, laying down his life for them, promising to be present with them for eternity. What if Jesus is the true shepherd that you've been looking for all your life? The first Christmas scene is not altogether promising. It's a lowly stable in a small town where a teenage mother was giving birth to a tiny baby. Yet this scene offers us hope because God comes to us, comes to make his home with us in our weakness and our vulnerability. The good news of Christmas is that God comes to you and I where we are and how we are. I meet so many people who seem to think that they need to sort themselves out before God would love them and God would accept them fully. But God comes to us in the dirtiness of a stable, in our weakness and our frailty and sin, and offers to make his home in us for eternity. What if, Jesus, is the one person who will accept you this evening as you are and set your soul at rest. This term, as part of our life in the church, we spent some time looking at a story Jesus told of two sons. 
Two sons who wanted a good life. Two sons who wanted to live life on their own, to do things their own way. One was intent on a life of self-discovery, the other on a life of self-righteousness. This tiny boy, Jesus, God's son, the promised king who would bring God's rule and God's reign to this earth, was ushering in a reign of a different kingdom, a kingdom of forgiveness, of healing, of righteousness, of peace, of hope, of justice, of grace, of mercy each day, and of his love. We spend so much time in our lives seeking to control them, trying to be our own perfect king, while spending time judging others who don't seem to be using power well. But I'm with Bishop Peter, the Bishop of Barton Wells, this Christmas, who recently wrote to the local politicians, apologizing for the way that they were treated and promising to pray for them, encourage them, and support them. Jesus ushers in a different type of kingdom. A saviour and a deliverer has come. What if Jesus is the true king? The one this evening you need to bow before and offer your life before like the wise men brought their gifts. In the 17th century, there was a famous French a philosopher called Blaise Pascal. And he became famous for something called Pascal's Wager, in which he basically said that humans bet, uh, bet with our lives whether God exists or God doesn't exist. Each one of us do that. And Pascal argued that a rational person should put their trust in God, that God does exist, and seek to believe in God. Why did he do that? Because he said this, he said that if God doesn't exist, you only have small losses in your life. You'll have forfeited some pleasures and some indulgences, whereby believing in God, eternity with God is your inheritance, and you avoid eternity without God. We live at a time when so few people have a vision of eternity. But if you've seriously this evening never looked at the person of Jesus, I'd love to invite you to bring your questions. If you've come as someone who's a guest this evening and you want to meet for coffee to talk about what you think about the person of Jesus. We'd love to meet you. Talk to your friend who brought you or come and speak to me afterwards. Because for us as Christians, one thing we would love to say to you this evening is we think we have good news and the best Christmas present that anyone could give and we'd love you not to walk straight past it. What if Jesus really is the answer to the questions of our life, the source of light, the source of love, the source of forgiveness, the source of eternal life? Let's just take a moment of quiet.
just going to leave a moment to quiet, to respond quietly wherever you are. And then I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you'd like to pray this in your own heart or in your own mind, um, I will leave some spaces after each line for you to do that. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to be our light. Jesus, I want your light in me this Christmas. Help me to walk in your light and to reflect your light to the darkness of this world, to push back the darkness of this world this Christmas and the year ahead. Amen. Love incarnate, love divine Star and angels gave the sign Bow to babe on bended knee The saviour of humanity Unto us a child
Our final reading is taken from Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 11. The Incarnation of Christ. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. <laughs> 